0: Hey what's going on automotive world welcome to another episode of the automotive diagnostic podcast my name is Sean tipping and I'll be your host once again for today's episode joining me on the show this week is Kyle Buell and Don Smazel Don and Kyle are mobile diagnostic and programming technicians from uh, different parts of North America Kyle's up in Canada And Don is down in Texas, and we're going to sit down today and talk all about uh, mobile technician life um, and a little bit about entrepreneurship as well, going out on your own, uh, what leads you to that decision, how you get the confidence to make that decision, what types of things do you need to consider. Uh, you know, and what's to be considered for this line of work specifically doing uh, mobile Diagon programming. Um, the good, the bad, the challenging, our favorite parts of it, all that stuff we're going to cover. So really great talk uh, with these two guys. Um, you know, we're all kind of in the same place right now as far as our businesses go. So it was pretty cool just to share some stuff and, uh, and see a lot of the similarities that all of us face. So uh, before we jump into the interview, uh, I want to remind everybody um, I've recently become a distributor for TopDon. On. Uh, scan tools and diagnostic equipment. Uh, so, you probably heard me talk about them before on the show, seen some stuff out there on Facebook. Maybe you own some of the tooling. Uh, it's good stuff. I use it. I like it. Um, shops local to me were looking for scan tools. Of course, I go into the shops all the time and they're like, hey, what scan tool do I buy? And I say, buy all of them. <laughs> but um, when they're looking for general tool that's going to have a lot of coverage and do all the basic functions that they're looking for. I think price-wise, this is a really good option. Of course, they have different levels of scan tools and stuff beyond scan tools too, right? They've got battery voltage maintainers. They've got ADOS, uh, targeting equipment, uh, remote diagnostic and programming capabilities, uh, lots of really cool stuff, uh, but some really good scan tools too. So if you're interested in getting one of these tools, uh, reach out to me uh, through either Facebook, Messenger, or my email, which is in the show notes, and I will get you the uh, podcast discount on uh, any of the top-down stuff that you're looking at. Happy to help you out there. So with all that out of the way, let's jump into the episode.
1: That's all we right do as programmers is download things. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah.
2: <laughs> so uh, there's a tech at a shop today giving me shit because i wasn't uh, i wasn't dirty enough um <laughs> you know because he, he he's busting engines and trannies and stuff out he's like man you you stay really clean doing what you're doing i was like yeah pressing buttons i usually don't yeah. get too dirty <laughs> uh, it's,
3: it's a beautiful thing yeah it's a beautiful thing when everything works yeah and it, it's man when everything flows it's like wow <laughs> well,
1: it's like my hand-
3: i can do this every day but the, the days that it doesn't go right it's like jesus you question like what, should i be out here <laughs> What am I doing? <laughs> who
2: told? Honestly. Who
1: gave me permission to do this? <laughs> well, whose whose quote is it?
3: Uh, Programming is
2: easy until it isn't, and that's uh, yeah. that's the truth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's
3: very true. Very very true.
2: Well, uh, officially, good evening, gentlemen. Thank you for joining me. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, Thanks for having us. Yeah, we've got Kyle and Don here, and. I'll be honest, I don't know for sure how to pronounce either of your last names, <laughs> I can guess, but why don't we start with that, because um, that, that way know we, we know who we're talking to.
3: <laughs> Go ahead, Kyle.
1: My name is uh, Kyle Buell from Ottawa, Ontario.
3: And then I'm Don Smosel, and I'm in San Antonio, Texas.
1: Okay. All right.
3: I would have been pretty close
2: if I guessed then. That's good. Um, <laughs> I've, I've talked to both of you before oh, uh, over Facebook. I don't believe... We've met in person, but maybe at a training event? No. Okay. Nope. Cool. Uh, well, nope. hopefully in the near future then, uh, we were talking about uh ASTE. I'm planning on going to that one in North Carolina. That was a good event last year. So you guys wanted to come on, and we were going to talk about the <laughs> the mobile technician life. Um, we all do mobile diag- – well, actually, I'll ask if you guys do diagnostics or not, but all- mobile programming. Uh, in different areas of the country or countries and uh I definitely think it'd be an interesting conversation to have just the different challenges that we 're up against and the good and the bad of what we do uh it's a it's an interesting job i, I will definitely say that <laughs> oh, yeah a hundred percent can be very challenging and very rewarding but i i like it i do i it's really definitely something i'm happy i'm doing um I thought we could start off with having each of you explain how you got into doing, you know, mobile programming and what made you make that jump to doing that from whatever you were doing before. So, we could start off
3: with either one of you. So, I uh I used to work at a Toyota dealer. Um before Toyota dealer, I was at the uh, I was working transit just kind of like Corey, you know, when you're working for the city. Mm-hmm. Um, and then before that I was in dealers so I went from dealers to fleet and then back to dealers uh, both of my experience overall is going to be in fleet um, but well, I was in the dealer and uh, I mean it's redundant you know it's the same thing especially when you work for one car line it's you know uh, same problems you see same components need to be replaced you know not very often do you get something that's out of upset where you have to really diagnose and Get deep down in testing. Uh obviously when I was in a shop, that's what I like to do. I, who doesn't like the challenge, right? I mean, Mm-mm. uh, that's what we all want to do. Uh, at least if you're a diagnostic tech, right? You wanna you want those hard problems. Uh, and then honestly, we have a buddy of ours, a mutual friend, uh Tony, he went mobile. Uh one day he just sent out in the group chat, he just sent a picture of his toolbox on a U Haul on a u-haul trailer yep. <laughs> and he's like yeah i quit and we're like dude what what do you mean you quit he's like yeah i quit and he's like i'm going mobile and we're like mobile what do you mean and yeah he explained it to us that like, yeah, i'm gonna do mobile programming diag um he's the only provider for his household and he's got four kids and he just up and quit wow so i yeah, yeah so I, re- I remember looking at that text message and i was standing there in my toolbox at the shop and i'm like This man is doing it. He's got four kids. I was like, I got no excuse. Like I got, like I got, I I literally came home that afternoon uh, and spoke to my wife and I was like, Hey, I was like, dad, dad, I'm doing something. Cause the idea of working for myself was already there. I just didn't know what exactly. uh, And I have, like I said, a bulk of my experience comes from the fleet and I did a lot of diesel and CNG and, uh, you know, it's big machinery, right? bigger vehicles. Uh, So I was cool with doing roadside service, to be quite honest with you. Like, I mean, I did caging brakes and fixing airlines on, you know, class A trucks and stuff like that. It's just uh, something I was really cool in. I already knew, you know, I I figured I'm going to go that route. There's always going to be a demand for, you know, heavy duty. Um, And I was, I got linked in with PJ um, through another guy named Nolan. They got me into the Toyota group and then I met PJ, met Isaac. And, you know, through time, you know, the programming thing came up and it was like, oh, wow, okay. And then we had our buddy Tony uh, that was getting going. So it's kind of a combination to see everybody, you know, seeing this is the direction everyone's going. So I was like, okay, well, let me take a yeah. look at it and see. And then, uh, yeah, next thing you know, <laughs> it was like, uh, put in my two weeks one day and then two weeks later i'm knocking on doors handing cards out like hey i can do programming don't really uh don't really know if i can do it but yeah i'll watch uh, (laughs) l1 (laughs) you know like i was watching everything and anything on keith perkins channel you know i was watching it all reading anything i could all the facebook groups reading problems like well what do you mean you're getting this e4 night or Forty three ninety nine on GM. What does that mean? Like I have no idea. <laughs> you know? So it, those little things, you know. And then obviously, with time and experience, you you grow your skill set. You start knowing what you're looking at.
2: How long have so, you been doing it? Or when was that? When you went on your own?
3: Uh, I'm about to hit a year, actually. Uh, okay. Next, well, actually, next couple weeks. Actually, Since the thirteenth is when I went full time on my own. That's awesome. Yeah. How
2: long did it take you in that? I mean, because that's still you're still pretty young as a business. How long did it take oh, yeah. you to get a client base?
3: Uh, luckily, I worked before there. I was just at before I left there. I worked at another Toyota dealer. So when I left, I had the used car departments uh, use me quite a bit. Oh, okay. Because even when I was there at the dealers, I would do a lot of the stuff for them because they didn't want to. You know, their techs didn't want to do it or whatever. Uh, so I started off with two dealerships, used car departments, and that really kept me afloat uh, starting out. And then, as I, you know, gained accounts, and it just came honestly, man, word of mouth, and just getting out there and just shaking hands and meeting people and just offering services, and then of course delivering the results. Right, you fix a car, you figure out the problem, you get it out of their hair. Uh, yep. Once you, that's do the that, biggest, I mean,
2: the biggest marketing you can do is yeah. going in and and doing doing that job, doing it well, getting rid of their problems uh, or making their lives easier. And then they're gonna tell everybody else about you. Like, hey, this guy can do it. This guy will take care of your yep. challenge it or whatever, make your life easy. And then you get more and more shops on top of it.
3: Yeah, and of course, you know, there was the not knowing ever running business before. I had no idea what I was doing. Uh, so <laughs> I would mention in certain group chats and you know, there was some, I, you know, the, Big name icons in our industry, right? That would chew me out, like, "Yeah, you're giving it away, dude. What are you doing?" You know, kind mm-hmm. of virtually slapping me, you know, on the back <laughs> of the head, and I'm like, "Okay, okay, I get it. Like, okay, I, I need a charge. Like, how do you charge?" You know, but uh, yeah, once once that got that ball got rolling, it just kind of just took off, man. I mean, that's awesome. I'm also in a pretty decently sized city, so. You know, there's 1.6 in San Antonio, so okay. there's a lot of repair shops here, and then that's not counting the outskirts,
1: you know, little towns and stuff, so.
2: Yeah. Well, that's awesome. How about you, Kyle?
1: So, I come from mainly uh, an independent background. Uh, I started out at the dealer, a Ford dealer, worked there for about a year, and then um, I had a good friend from a church I was attending bring me into the independent world under a Napa Auto Pro. And, um, yeah, I basically, I've, I worked there until uh, I got my license. So a little, little different up here than it is down the States. Here, uh, you can get a two-year program in school and then serve your hours, uh, getting, well, get your hours, and then go write your test. And then, uh, or what I did is the more common route where you get a job at a shop, uh, then you get registered as an apprentice, And you go to school for two months of the year, for three years. Then you go and write your license. And then once you're licensed, that's it. There's no, like, separate uh, tests or ASEs or L1s or whichever they are. Okay. Um, Yeah. So I I got my Red Seal uh, certificate, which means that I can go to any province in Canada. And I don't need to rewrite. I could just jump ship and all that stuff. But, yeah, so um, I started – just mainly independent, Um, worked at the same shop off and on in between, uh, you know, getting married and going traveling internationally for a while and uh, got my license and then basically became like the diagnostic tech. Um, But what was interesting was like the independent shop I was at had a, uh, I'd say he was a good business owner, but also he was a, he was a good tech in that he took on he wasn't just like brakes, tires, and suspension you know he he took on the cars that had electrical issues, had drivability concerns, and um i knew I knew myself you know when I was younger in that I knew I liked a challenge, so I would always be grabbing those. I'd always say, "Hey, you know, put me on the one with a misfire and um so that I got a little bit of a push from my employer in that regard. And um, yeah, things just took off. And then I started seeking out my own training, you know, even just watching YouTube and doing all the basic scanner dinner stuff, you know. <laughs> and right. uh, yeah, um, basically became the uh, lead diag tech. And then eventually it, w- it started getting a little bit. Um, I felt like I hit a plateau and that um uh, there wasn't anything left for me at this shop i was uh I definitely felt like I peaked as far as what the shop and the area could offer me mm-hmm. um, you know and uh yeah so i I hovered around that spot for probably i'd say a good year um and eventually you know it just things like it not that it catches up with you but your your attitude uh starts to change a little bit and you know your employer is going to take notice or your other employees are going to take no, or the other employees would take notice and uh things just uh I wouldn't say ended in a bad way they just got a little like okay yeah you've run your course mm-hmm. and uh yeah that's uh pretty well how that went <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I I didn't uh, we didn't leave on bad terms. He's he still called me to go out and do some programming and whatnot. But um, okay. coming out of that, um, I I felt like I had nothing to lose. Essentially, like ultimately, the worst thing that would happen was that I had to go work at another shop, which is for any technician is easily doable. You know, people move shops all the time. So mm-hmm. uh, a little while. It's like, I'd say probably, like, I'd already been in a group chat with a bunch of other techs, you know, over the last few years. And then uh, our buddy, uh, Tony was in there. And that was just it. We all we both saw the, the picture. And I, I'd started questioning, like, you know, is, is it going to be my turn, eventually? <laughs> and then, <laughs> yeah, and then Don left. And then I was like, Oh, man, yeah, I'm next. <laughs> I was like, I, I was just waiting and waiting. So I took like the last six months or what happened to actually be the last six months buying equipment and, um, you know, asking questions and not knowing a thing about business. Like what do I need to do for my area and get up and, you know, how, how is it all going to work essentially? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, uh, went, I, I quit my job, but the last day was December 23rd, 2021. 20, uh, and the uh, first day of Volta, my business here in Ottawa, was January 1st, 2022. <laughs> oh, that's cool. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but I, the city of Ottawa isn't that big. Uh, well, there's a million people, but um, as far as uh, like inner city, it's a, it's a it's a relatively small city with a lot of outer... Uh, little communities but um, Mm -hmm. the first thing I noticed I you know I just I made business cards and I got like my little spiel together a little formula of what I could do and uh, a lot of shops are like you know they haven't they hadn't heard of this kind of service before and um, yes then I started thinking I'm like okay this you know this could take off it was the first three months were kind of dry and it was just a lot about proving yourself and uh, delivering results was the big thing. Like people just look at me as some random guy coming in off the street with a business right. card, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. You yeah. it got it was cold up here. Obviously, it snows and everything, so you know, I'm huddled <laughs> in my Carhartt jacket, I look like everyone else. There's there's nothing that says you know you're the guy kind of thing. So, sure. Yep, yeah, that was uh, the start of it essentially, and. Yeah.
2: that's awesome well yeah it's uh it, it's fun to hear too that both you guys are like you, you're just in the infancy of your business too i mean i and i am too and it's kind of the exciting part of it too because you're still figuring everything out every- not everything but a lot of things are new and exciting and challenging and i think that's the part about it i like the most is i don't really know what tomorrow's going to bring me yeah. <laughs> yeah whether it be
3: on the car side or the business you side know, and it, it's funny you say that cuz when Kyle was getting mobile and like going he'd finish the job and I'd be like, "Well, how much did you charge?" <laughs> and then
0: he'd, he'd be like,
3: "Well," and then I'd be like, "No, more." Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because I didn't want him to make this mistakes I was making, you know? So Mm -hmm. because like Like, I was how many opportunities I mean realistically like as a technician right you show up and you got this problem they tell you whatever okay it's not car's not starting whatever then you go and you start diagnosing then you find out well man the fuse is missing like the ignition run circuit fuse is missing like it's just a fuse like no big deal you pop in the fuse naturally you'd be Mm -hmm. like yeah it's not a big deal it's a fuse but like it's like no man from a business standpoint it's like okay you gotta justify your cost of fuel time your schedule I mean, if it was that easy, the shop would have taken care of it. But obviously, it well, apparently wasn't easy for them. So, you need to stick to your guns and yep. charge appropriately because you're disvaluing a service. Uh, and it took me a while yeah. to learn that. So Like when, like Kyle started going mobile, I was hey, like, man. "Dude, no! Like <laughs> you need to charge for that. Like, no. Yep. <laughs> like, yeah. Like don't make the
1: mistakes I made, man. See, it, that that right there is like that." It. I had a very unique start because I saw Antonio go, I saw Don go, so and I saw they had a formula, and it's like, you know, they were just so open arms about, uh, like, business and, like, you know, I had bad days, and it's like, what am I even doing? And, like, I see them, and they're successful, and some days they're not successful. And it, you know, it was just, it wasn't necessarily comforting. It was just like, no, you know, we're all in this, and we're all doing – the same thing, you know. And there's honestly, I can't think of it. I I can't say. Well, sorry. Now there, I can't say that there's nothing more exciting about that kind of like little community or group chat we got. You know, it's mm-hmm. because we're in our infancy. Let's say within the first year, it's just like just got to roll with it. You know, you got to have that support mm-hmm. and oh yeah, yeah, a little network and like you know people close to you. Like, my wife was very supportive. She's like, yep, just first year, just go for it. You know, we'll be all right. Yep, same.
2: That's that's huge, too, is, yeah, to have that support network, both in your personal life and in the professional side of things, too. I When I started doing the mobile thing, I really did. I was kind of solo on my own as far as, I was in some Facebook groups and I knew some people and I'd reach out when I was really in a pinch, but I was trying to do it myself. And once I got connected with some other networks, talking to people, I mean, how I've met you guys uh, and various others, it was like my, not my knowledge, but my confidence to take something on expanded like tenfold because- I knew. Okay, maybe I'm gonna get in. Oh, okay, I'm probably gonna get in over my head, <laughs> but I've got some people that I could reach out to 100%. once I'm there. Oh, yeah. Um, and that I'll tell you what, as a independent business owner, that's huge oh, yeah. to have. I don't care what industry oh, yeah. you're in, you mm-hmm. should find some sort of group of people like that. Um, even if you're all, even if you're all newbies, right. It doesn't, it helps to have somebody who's really smart and really been doing this forever. But even if everybody's a year in and you've got, you know, 10 guys together, 10 heads is going to figure out a lot more than one. Um, and I, I wish I would have, you know, sought that out sooner than I did. Cause it's so huge to have that.
3: And it's funny you say it just like that, because in our immediate group, uh, <laughs> You know we have a uh, Kyle. He's he's the electrical and diagnostic guy. He's 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 that guy. You have an electrical problem, you're, you're, Kyle you're like, hey, like I have current here, I don't have current there. I did a voltage drop here. What do, what do, I don't understand? Is it a module? Yes or no? And he's just like, okay, tell no, me man. what you have, and then you tell him again. And he's like, okay, well check this, check that, check that. Okay, cool. And then we got another buddy. He's a key guy. He is. He was also a dealer. Oh, man. Techie. And he went and mobile yeah. shortly after Kyle went mobile. Um, and I met him through the Toyota groups. Uh, and he is the key guy. Like, he does the BMW Cast, the Mercedes. Like he does, he does all of it, man. He's, he's in it.
1: In the back of, in the back of yeah. his van, just yep. like <laughs> rolling down the he's highway. He's that guy that does the <laughs> leash, he
3: does the decoding. He does anything key, mo. he's the guy. So, yeah. you know, we all have our strong points and we all help each other. Yeah. Uh, and it's accelerated all of us, honestly. Um, oh, yeah. oh, yeah. More than I think, uh, I think I, you I, can I, definitely take on on your own. The network is its absolutely needed. For sure. Hands down.
2: What I think has uh, been interesting, and I, I don't know, there might be a bias because, I, like I said, I'm getting connected with more and more of these people, but I feel like more and more people are going this direction, you know, going to work for themselves, specializing in something, going solo, not working for a shop or a dealership or whatever, it, whether it be keys or diag programming or ADOS or whatever. Um all these people that are doing this are top level, right? Super, super smart people, very sharp, very dedicated, passionate workers, right? The the one thing I thought that was interesting over the last few years. Is that the automotive industry as a shop as a dealership just can't hang on to the top level people, and I'm a little scared about that right like <laughs> the the best of the best are not working in i mean we 're in the industry, but we're not working for somebody in the industry we 're all going to work for ourselves it's very, very strange like you don't see that in other areas, the top of the top. I don't know if you're some sort of computer programmer, you're probably going to go work for Microsoft or Google or, or something like that, right? If you're the best of the best, but the best of the best for us are going out to do stuff for their own on their own. See, it's I, very strange I, how it's that's working. Ironic out. you say yeah. that
3: too, because I think a lot of that comes from I mean, several things, right? You got flat rate that is something as a whole rabbit hole in its own, um, but also you look at what is really beneficial for a shop as far as business goes, right? I mean, they can't afford to invest in somebody to do EPROM and programming and get deep in the weeds and some stuff. But as opposed to, you know, if you're an individual like us, I mean, you can easily invest yourself, your, your spare time or whatever time you have in it and make it very profitable for yourself, you know, with those
1: aftermarket solutions. Like you will be up till, yeah, you will be up till three or 4 a.m. <laughs> that's um, a given. <laughs> and then show up the next day, like, here you go. And, you know. <laughs> it's like, it was nothing.
3: <laughs> I also think so. So also is uh, like certifications, like I know Kyle mentioned up there that, you know, they have their red seal certification and like, you know, here in the U S there is no standard. really. Like, I mean, yeah, we have ASC, you know, which is great, but that is also, yeah, you've met the bare minimum requirements to be, you know, such title um i yeah personally i would love to see our industry go be backed by a, a certification you know i mean any other trade is any other trade there's a standard you know there's a benchmark test or there's a benchmark skill level that mm-hmm. you need to be yeah like why can't the auto field be like that i just yeah. i don't know maybe that's just me but
2: uh, i was said to, to to cut hair in minnesota you have to have a license with the state Um, and uh, getting that license doesn't mean that you're the best hairstylist around, but you have to have that if you want to cut hair, but you could literally be some guy walks in off the street, you hand him a wrench and he's doing tie rods and ball joints and stuff that can kill somebody. I've always found that to be strange too. Um, now who decides the licensing procedure and, How to that you know that's a whole mess that I don't know the answers for, but it would be nice just to raise at least set a bar for the people coming in, right? Like you got to meet this standard if you want to work on these crazy complex computers with wheels. Um, But yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that'll. I don't know if it'll happen because actually there is some. Isn't Michigan I think have some sort of uh, licensing? for technicians or something. I, I'm not a hundred percent on that,
1: either. but maybe they've adopted sort of the, you
3: know, I know, I know plenty of techs thing. that don't have any certifications and they're, I mean, oh man, they're, they're oh, genius. Yeah. You know, they're, they they can fix a car. Oh, they sure. can fix a car. And then I know guys that are certified that can't, but then I, I also mm-hmm. see guys that, you know, yep. they do, they're doing the technical end of things and they have absolutely no experience in a shop at all. Like they've never worked in a repair shop but they're doing mobile and they're doing diag and programming and, and they're you know fairly successful uh and i guess that not rubs me wrong but it's one of those things that's like okay dude like this is the field that you know obviously some of us have invested in and put your time in um i would just like to see the field be at a standard like hey this is what everybody needs to come to this is just what it is
2: like, yep, you add some yeah. professionalism. It's like, you gotta yeah. exactly work that. in the shop
3: and you have to bust tires and you have to do the oil changes. And hey, you got you have to earn your stripes, man. <laughs> I mean, you just have to. It's just the way it, it has to. I mean, in my opinion, it just I think it be the end would weed out a lot of people. I would believe, like, hey, you know what, you have X amount of months after you take this test to become this rank, the status, whatever um if you don't okay your license is suspended for however long or whatever just a standard we just need a standard i think in this field
2: yep you got to come up to the north and you got to do brakes and ball <laughs> joints and steering
3: on the hold on hold, a hold on. That, you on you can be a technician i'm you can i got an road we're we're good at that you <laughs> can
1: board up. I'll feed you I'll board you you know come on up here for a while
3: (laughs) yeah that's like Kyle finds broken wires with corrosion all the time and it's like I never see that here in the house rarely I'd like rarely
1: I suppose I rarely see that well like just the other day yeah just the other day I had a it was a 2018 Ford Transit and um, I had loaded power on the tops of the fuse right the two little bits you test each leg. Mm-hmm. They're like all right, great. Yeah, I got loaded power up there. Fuse must be good. And I'm testing the circuit coming out of the fuse block and I only had like 5 volts. So I'm like, okay, you know, the the issue is underneath and I'm just like 5 volts, it's supposed to have 12. It's got to be corrosion. I check underneath cuz the circuit just had a little wire that went from the fuse leg over to the connector. You know, very simple. And uh lifted it up. I didn't see a thing. I was like, mm-hmm. huh, okay. So then I started, like, just doing the old wiggle test, you know, on the fuse leg, and I had 12 volts, 5 ah. volts, 12 volts, 5 volts. The corrosion was in the fuse leg terminal, you know? So okay. I pulled the fuse out, and the fuse had actually melted on that side because the voltage drop It would just get hot, and then it would start melting. Sure. But, when you, you know, you split the fuse. The top was good. The bottom wasn't. It's just, sure. like,
2: sure.
1: simple little corrosion thing where it's, like, I checked the fuse. It was good. There's no reason for me to pull the fuse out. I'm going to move on. Whereas if I had just pulled the uh, fuse there.
3: and I'm going to be honest. I'm going to run. I'd run into something like that. And I'd be like, uh, what? Like, because I don't see that down here. Without, you know? like, we just don't see. We don't ever, ever run into that. Yeah. So I'd be like, huh? Like, that would be one I would call him and so, be like, hey, why? <laughs> Even though, like, you know, after he explains that, you, know, you could sit and think about it. And be like, yeah, it's a simple circuit yeah, right there. Of course. But the fact that i never ever do something like
2: that, I'd be like, what? What do you you mean? I don't know. So I had an Acura just today, actually, that had a wheel speed circuit code uh, for one of the back wheels. And it it was open circuit code set as soon as you turn the key on. So I'm just looking for a wire. Uh, The tech already replaced the sensor. Um, (laughs) And... So I, I eliminated it down to the, the plug that comes out near the trunk area and then down to the wheel. I know there's an opening in there somewhere. I just got to find it. And there's no other, like, connectors besides the sensor, and I don't want to start poking stuff underneath the vehicle, unless I absolutely have to. Um, so I'm doing a visual on this thing. I'm like, it's not that long of a wire. If it's broken, I should be able to get eyes on it somewhere. And I'm looking, I'm looking, and I can't find it. I can't find it. Well, finally, I had looked at this about, I don't know, five, six times, like directly at it. the wire was like a light green color. Well, so is so the corrosion, too. It was the exact same color as the corrosion. So I looked right at the corroded part, it had been pinched, and it's growing green stuff out of it. But it was like the same oh, as man. the insulation. So I missed out like, oh okay, there it is. Oh man. I have so, not had
1: one of those. I hope to not have one of those.
2: <laughs> it's the it's the green pixie dust colored wire that, that got me on that one for a little while. But. <laughs> oh, man. What do you guys think is the most challenging part about doing the mobile stuff?
3: Man, you go
2: first,
1: Tom.
3: When <laughs> I got to think about it. When you need to make uh, the business decision, right? Do you need to charge for this, or are you is this something that you should be charging for? Or is this something that's part of building the relationship with the customer? Right. Because ultimately, in my opinion, at least it, the relationship means much more than the dollar, because if the relationship's not there, they're not going to call you. It's that simple. I mean, uh, you built. Oh if yeah. It is, you can oh, make yeah. a lot and of money that, from but that then They pass your Long name. Like, yeah, this time. guy's real great. You know, he's real cool. He'll help you out, whatever. So it, it's one of those, I, I still learning how to figure out like, is this a time? Do I give them this one? There's, do I charge for this one? You know, is it, you know, and now and I always tell myself like, okay, was this something that was this issue causing me to be late to another appointment to where I could have billed for, you know, it, it's one of those, it's hmm. give and take. I think that is the hardest part, man. If anybody could teach me anything i would love for somebody to teach me like hey man this is how you differentiate too, and this <laughs> is what you do like cool because <laughs> that 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 to me is the hardest part is when when do you when do you apply the business man hat right when do you when do you say like no this is what we're going to do this is this is the charge sorry this is what owed for service um mm-hmm.
2: you
3: know learning how to do that end of the the business i think the hardest part
2: yeah because it it Helping somebody out in the right circumstance, like I say that that gets you in and then they use for you for all sorts of stuff that they do pay you for and they recommend you to know, all other kinds of people and that's that's a fantastic move right oh, yeah. I'll sacrifice an hour of my time for a great account or three more accounts any any day of the week anybody would, but you do it in the wrong position and now yeah. they're gonna try to get more and more or to the wrong person right they're gonna try to it's that old book oh, you yeah. give a mouse a cookie type of deal <laughs> and then all of a sudden they're wanting everything oh well you know let's let's cut yeah, back on this and that do. and then
3: but yeah, that, that, you know, yeah that that exactly <laughs> yeah yeah yeah
2: so it, that's the tricky is that yeah. when do you when do you when do you do that
1: how do you do that the what I feel I can add to that is two points the first point is like I'm a diagnostic, I'm a diagnostic technician at heart like those are my roots right so it's like I'm encountering an issue you know I'm an hour in it's like I I don't want it to defeat me and I'm not gonna let it defeat me so it's like I've put mind power into it and time and struggled, you know and you're gonna struggle and what that leads to is like let's say you got you're working with in most cases another businessman you know, and uh, I've heard it before many times. Is like, well, this shop stays open, you know, like there's no reason for me to close my doors in that sense too. It's like, they're still making money. They're going to do their thing. It's like, there needs to be like a respect for yourself and the time that you put in, but also uh, a respect for that business backbone kind of thing. And mm-hmm. when I feel... Sometimes, like what I struggle with is I put too much of my uh, too much of my roots into it, and that you know I'll often say the first thing I will say is, "Oh, you know, uh, I can't charge you for this. You know, I haven't delivered anything, I haven't given you anything." But really, it's like you've you've put a lot of time in it. and that time took years to to count for it as experience. And, you know, and that was mistakes you've made, and just knowledge you picked up from other texts. So, I I really uh, I struggle with that. uh, I don't want to say it as like respect for myself, but what's what's the first thing that comes to my head as far as uh, like if I think of myself in that situation and it's like okay, I've got an hour in it. That's all they've approved for. I've got nothing, nothing to prove, Mm -hmm. nothing to say for it. You know, Uh, and that this has been the thing that like Don I think saw very early on and that's what he like it's interesting when you hear it from somebody else right and then when you try to apply that same that same pep talk to yourself in front of the business guy that you're trying to you know i just spent an hour into it it's like i can't do that I, there's mm-hmm. there's that there's that weird thing it's like i can get the pep talk but i can't give myself the pep talk
3: see and then like where I, where
1: I say that is like
3: and you know, yeah yeah, you spent the hour in it. And you may not have given him the results, but you can at least go ahead and tell him, hey, well, it ain't this, this, and this. I can tell you that right now. I mean, so <laughs>
1: yeah, don't, it's, shoot, it's worth don't shoot your parts that no way because They ain't going to fix it. it. You know,
3: I, mean, I mean, honestly, you know, but that <laughs> has to be something of value. You have to look at that, too, as, yeah. you know, as a business sense. And it, it is hard to know when, you know, is this of value? Like, was this, you know, the testing I did, was that something you guys were capable of? Like that's often what comes into my head, and it's like, okay, do I bill you? Do I not? Um. So it that that's where I look at that in that sense. Yeah. Like when he'll tell me something, I'm like, hey, bro. Well, you know for a fact that it's not any of those things that you checked. Like it ain't that. That's a value. That's that's value for something Mm -hmm. somebody because you save somebody time.
2: Yeah, and I think, like you say there are certain people and certain business owners out there that will actually respect you more. If you're charging for your time, you know, you know, saying, Hey, this is what my hour is worth. And here's what I'm going to do. And maybe, maybe in some cases I don't come up with an answer, but this is what my time is worth. And this is what you're going to agree to pay. And I, I know I'm thinking of specific shop owners right now that I think they would lose respect for me. Yeah if I wasn't doing that, right? And that that's all dependent on the person you're dealing with and stuff. Um on the on the side where something maybe is really simple and straightforward, um uh, maybe you've seen the problem before, maybe it's just hey, you're good at that particular thing and you feel bad about charging for it. I did I had that same feeling too. Um but what I've come to find out too is that so many of these shops, they're so busy And they are happy to pay for the convenience of getting that thing solved quickly, regardless of whether they could have done it or whether it was easy with quotations. They're getting their car or their problem resolved. They're happy to hand out money. I went to a shop this morning. Uh, The service manager there is like, I know my guys can figure out these cars. We don't have time. And it was timing belt, timing chain, and some VVT solenoids. I mean, just... Basic, basic stuff, but they're like, we don't have the guys, we don't have the time. We're happy to pay you just to tell us what's wrong with these things. Like,
1: all right, cool. (laughs) It's a yeah, Uh, it's a little bit of a relationship too. In that sense, too, is like they bring you in. They, it's like you've been there a few times. You've delivered good results. It's like they're gonna make money off the parts that you told them to replace. Obviously, too. Yep. You know, so it's always a roundabout thing. It's just whether at that point it's like their reputation firing parts of cars customers unhappy and all that stuff. So it's like bring you in, get it right at least, you know, maybe a couple hours more than they'd like to pay. Um, But, you know, come out with something at the end. I think a good question that leads to is knowing what shops to go to when you're, when you're first starting out. (laughs) Because in my experience, uh, you know, new idea, new concept for my area uh, I was like, I'm just going to go to any of all of them, you know, and I went to the few smaller mm-hmm. hole in the wall ones that like the parking lots are full. It's like, okay, that's a good sign of something. They got good Google reviews, lots of them, hundreds. Um, it doesn't always turn out to be uh, the best decision, but you like anytime you walk into a shop, uh, you learn something, you learn how to talk to a new character and get a feel of what they're capable of if they understand the lingo you're throwing at them and like how that will benefit them. If you see the hamster wheel spinning in their head, you know, um, that, that was a very interesting, uh, experience for me, at least up here.
2: Yeah. Oh, same here. There are very, very different mindsets to people who work in this industry. And, some people recognize it as like, hey, this is a service I can make money off of. And, <clears throat> and other people see it as an expense. And those people that see it as an expense, sorry. Uh, you know, what, You're what not you my customer. Like, sorry. It's, it's probably not going to work it's not, out. it's not their money. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> exactly. I mean, unless they're screwing up the cars, which yeah. does happen. But um,
3: um, what's your
2: guys' favorite part about doing this then?
3: I can say no. To a lot of things if I want to. <laughs> I'm dumb enough <laughs> to say yes to a lot of things. I'm like, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, sure. I can, I can do that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I can move your component so, yeah. protection. <laughs> yeah. I <hey>, and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure. bring it back to life. Sure. I have no idea. And in my head, I'm like, oh, okay. yeah, okay. Yeah. So then you come home and you start doing research <laughs> and looking and looking and looking, and you, know, you reach out to the, the real smart guys and you're like, hey, it's me, I'm back.
1: (laughs) Ready to ask you more questions, Uh, you know? Luckily, you know,
3: I guess I haven't pressed them enough to kick, they haven't kicked me away. Very grateful for them. Very, very, very grateful for them. Um, I mean, uh, you know, you you see these guys doing some wicked stuff, you know, and then then you're like, wow. Yes. Just, Yeah, total
0: mind blowing. <laughs> yeah, uh,
2: the level of intelligence oh, yeah. of some people that I've met in the last few years is ridiculous. I feel like a kid and a gardener talking to some of these yeah. people. It's crazy Just in front of them, <laughs> but I love it. I'm like, I want to surround myself with
3: more people like that. Joey, you know, like that guy is like, yeah, how how, how, how oh, do you man. retain all this information? Really? Like ridiculous. one minute he's telling yeah, That's one minute he's dad. talking about six six Duramax, <laughs> and then. In the next sentence we're talking about BMW three series combi clusters and it's like hey, how how do you retain <laughs> all this information? I don't understand
2: It's just yeah, boom, boom, boom. I've got this really yeah. intricate answer to yeah, your exactly. obscure question. Yeah, and no I'm like yeah,
3: I'm over here like reading like, Well, what did you mean by this? Like, like he's like, Oh yeah He's like, Yeah, when the triple E gets erased and it takes the you know, takes it from the D flash and I'm over there like Pulling up the <laughs> Promacon notes, like, what is he saying? Like, <laughs> I, I I took Ecom class, but like, I, I don't know what it was. Uh, over here, like, okay, uh, sure, Joey. <laughs>
1: yeah. I think to to add to the favorite thing, um, it's it's real fun running your own show. Um, you know, I'm turning thirty this year, and I kind of told myself that I wanted to do something like that before thirty. Um, so I'm happy I got to check that box off but um, when I sit back and I think about like what it could be and where I'm at it's just like there's nothing more exciting about building uh, a little your own little thing you know mm-hmm. and it it'll eventually get big you know um, there there is obviously a lot of struggle um, you're gonna have ups and downs a lot of you're gonna take a few l's You know, and, um, but I think what's, what's more fun, I think just on a personal level is just having, having a good, good group of guys that kind of in the same area and they're, we're all moving up together. Um, I find at least in my experience as a tech, as an apprentice, like moving up in the trade, that's, that's what I was missing, you know? all the all the dudes in the shop are older than me i'd ask questions they'd be like oh, yeah, just do this blah, blah blah and then there wasn't there wasn't any uh like uh it wasn't a good mix at least for me you know okay so that's what's cool about it
2: yeah uh, being able to call the shots is huge it comes with uh, a trade-off of yeah you've got a lot of responsibility a lot of decisions to make the Maybe you don't know what the right answer is, and a lot of work to do. Like you say, sometimes it is two, three in the morning, <laughs> poking around on that module that you said you'd f- figure out, um, or <laughs> researching this car that you, you know, this Highlander or whatever that you don't understand the system for, and that that can become overwhelming. But you know, to to be the one making the shots. It, it is something that has always, always appealed to me. Um, I didn't mind working for someone if I felt like they had a good grasp on their business or the business they were managing, and and were doing things correctly. But that obviously doesn't always happen. And then when I'm working for somebody that I question that, like, do they really know what they're doing here? Do they have a goal, a plan? You know what? what's going on and you see the small decisions that they make throughout the day. And you're like, I think I could at least do that. He's screwing up, but I could do that. <laughs> right. And then I, then I lose confidence in working for that person. And for me, it was, it was very far and few in between, you know, finding people to work with or for that. I was like, okay, that dude knows it. Um, yeah. and like I mentioned earlier, going back to what I said, I've met more people, way more people, it, doing things for themselves that are on that level. they would be like, I'd go work for you. Yeah.
1: I'd go work for <laughs> Joey. Right. For
0: sure. hundred yeah. percent. Like that dude knows what's going All on. Yeah. He can tell me what to do. Um,
2: but yeah, uh, being, being your own boss comes with a price, but it is, it is very, very rewarding if you're willing to put in the work. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's going to be, like you say, there's going to be some, some tough times. There's going to be some struggle. Um, and i'm i'm still figuring all that out myself um actually so i haven't i've told a number of people i haven't actually like put it out on the podcast yet but i'm not going back to teaching in the fall i'm actually just going to be full time mobile from here on out i made that decision earlier this spring oh, i was i was doing way <laughs> too much work working two careers and the mobile thing was just exploding and i'm like i have to pick a path i i, cause I tried i will just do both. I'll do both. And no, no, I, I just, I was half ass in both things. And so after a lot of decision making and I just was kind of like, well, this is the route. This is the route I'm going to go. I'm going to, I'm going to take a risk. I'm going to go for it. We'll see what happens. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm one month like officially into being, you know, fully self-employed and it's going pretty good. Oh, Nice. So. Cool. Nice man. Yeah. Congrats.
1: That's a huge decision to make.
2: Thank you. Those, yeah, the it, state benefits and stuff like that are definitely, that's a cushy job to have 100%. I did love teaching, don't get me wrong. Um, the Yeah, this is, I don't know, this is almost like a little bit more like challenging or scary, so I'm like, mm. I think that's what I should go for. Hey, yeah, <laughs> uh,
3: yeah
1: cause, I mean, something so, enticing
3: about it. Worst case scenario, I mean, I don't know. I mean, personally, I, I'm a big risk taker though too, you know, uh, I gamble and I'm a gambler. You know, like I, it's bad to say that, man, but it's like, I got five bucks. I'm at the casino. Like I'm spending the five bucks. Like I'm going to send it. Like, I just, mm-hmm. cause I mean, <laughs> at the end of the day, man, what do you really have? Like if you came in with nothing, you're going to leave with nothing. Yeah. Like, yep. I mean, if this doesn't work out, cool. That business didn't work out. Guess what? My toolbox has wheels. Like I'll just roll it back in the shop. Like not a big deal. Mm-hmm.
2: And think of all the stuff
3: that, you and
2: i and all of us are learning along the way too it doesn't work out i got options right i got other stuff that i
3: can apply these skills to i've met a lot of shop owners and you know made some good relationships with people that i know now and i know now like okay this is a good shop i'm going there yeah they got they got ac and their management knows what's going on (laughs) (laughs) because it's hot one of us it's hot down here. Any one of
2: us could have a job within 45 minutes oh, yeah. of right oh, now. Yeah. Even at eight o'clock oh. uh, <laughs> at night, you could text some. I know I know all of you could text some shop owners or managers, hey, and be like, hey, can I can I have a job? <laughs> and you'd be
1: like, yeah. Yep, sign up. <laughs> do a conference call with all the shops and be like, all right, let the bidding begin. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Please make it worthwhile here. Because <laughs> I've been an employee before and you know. <laughs>
3: But see, it's funny he says that because too, I don't know if I could go back to working for somebody now knowing oh, like, be
0: tough. Yeah. Now knowing
3: yeah. like how profitable you can be and what you can, how, how much revenue you can just bring in your household, right? Like your income is, I mean, as, as much as you want to hustle, I mean, it's yeah. really up to mm-hmm. you. So going back to a, a limited paycheck is, just, I don't know. Yeah. It'd be hard. It'd be hard it's to adjust the lifestyle. Type.
2: Yeah, the, the monotonous side of it, too, where I think uh, you you were mentioning, uh, Kyle, where it's like you kind of hit your limit as, as far as growth in a single shop because you're only going to see so much challenging, difficult new stuff in one shop, even if it's independent, whereas the way that we're doing it, we're getting that every day. You're getting the weird, challenging, crazy stuff every single day. Cause you're just netting it from all of the businesses exactly, yeah. to you. Um, and I don't know, I don't know how you could find that in a individual shop. That would be very, a very unique setup uh, to make that happen. Something like, like Jim Morton had back in the day. Um, but that's, that's not around. I don't know of a place like that around here.
1: It's, it's almost like you have to take, you have to take your clientele uh, like shop wise and just amalgamated. Mm. It's all one. And you can't do that because, you, know, pe- you know, people are going to take their cars wherever they want. Trade shops, you know. Up here, Canadian Tire is always going to be around, like AutoZone down there. You know, mm-hmm. get your free scan. And it's just like, it. yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's like there's just a the difference between consumer-based knowledge and like actual technician business owner knowledge like because our our part of the job doesn't involve the actual owner of the vehicle. You know, it's always just vehicles when you think of it. Um, So it's, it's almost like we don't exist in a sense. And we put on a good face for a lot of shops, um, which is great. You know, it helps build reputation and um, you know, you want to see, uh, those who helped succeed. Um, but it's, yeah, it's just that it's like, I, I think it's almost impossible just to have one localized shop. That would be everything. Unless, I mean, I, I there are a few techs we could probably name who like, I'm going to bring back Joey again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was like, you know, he's got it. And I think I'd say it just seems rare.
2: Yeah. Oh, it 100% is not, not yeah. the norm. Uh, yeah, there's, a, there's an average shop and they there's an average level and amount of business that they do. And I mean, that's what we see every single day. That's what's out there. This is the challenges they face. This is their limitation of their skills. And that's going to be 90, 95% of shops out there. Um, so we're a good fit for that. That's why this actually does make sense right now doing what we're doing. Um, there's a definite need for it and we're uh we're taking advantage at the moment and that's it that's all there is to it yeah <laughs> this podcast stuff's fun <laughs> yeah this is a good time I, I mean honestly the the coolest thing or one of the coolest things about doing the podcast honestly is just to get to talk to cool people in this industry and like even if it wasn't getting recorded i'd i'd be having fun doing the same thing but now i have an excuse to like sit down and talk to somebody about car nerd stuff or hour plus, you know. That's cool. (laughs) Um, Okay, here's a serious question about doing mobile. What do you do about going to the bathroom? (laughs) Uh...
1: (laughs) Dodge, answer um... please. (laughs) It's different up here, I will say, because we have winter. (laughs)
3: <laughs> uh, I mean, you gotta go. You gotta go, right? I mean, I'm in Texas, <laughs> right? I'm in Texas, man. So there's a lot of there's a lot of land usually in places you can go and run off and get behind a cedar tree. Gotcha. <laughs> uh But I also have a van. I also have a van. You know, I have a little NV200. So I mean, if I'm in the neighbor a parking lot, I uh, intentionally carry empty water <laughs> bottles because uh, hey, you gotta go, dude. You gotta go. I mean. <laughs> If I can get to a bathroom, yeah, that's obviously got, my first gotta choice. Happen, I mean, sure. it's got. I mean, I gotta go. I'm gonna go, but I mean, right, right. You know, some of them. You know, like mm-hmm. I have some shops. Like they park on their street, and they have another lot that's down the block, and the cars over there in the gated lot, and I'm over there in the gravel parking lot, and it's like, mm, you know, I don't, I don't want to, you know. Zip yep. down a willy here, and then the uh, cop stroll by, and then I get popped with a ticket, or you know, or, you know, get, get pinged as a pedophile, right? So it's like, ah, oh, just go to the end. Like, it's just, I have a yeah. tub of wipes. And, yeah, yeah you know, uh, it lowers the professional
0: and, level
3: yeah. just a bit. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, keep some hand sanitizer with you, and hey, you got to go, you got to go. And next time you wash your hands, you wash
1: yeah. your hands. It's, it's a struggle, man, but it's real. You know? I try. Very hard, you know. Shop to shop, at a at a convenient time. No, like if it's a new I shop, do. no you, know, yeah, you, you know, don't want to I
0: blow
2: it up on that first time <laughs> that you're there. <laughs> no, <laughs> you're like, oh yeah, that, that no, yeah that no, I <laughs>
1: reserved that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah
2: yeah try to I try to hit up the gas station, time stuff out, but I don't eat a whole lot during the day. And that's I guess that's another question for you. What do you guys do for lunch? But I don't eat a whole yeah. lot while I'm working, so i I drink fluids though, especially when it's hot out. I mean, it's ninety degrees a day, and i'm I'm chugging water. and then so yeah, I have to, you know I, most places are cool with using the bathroom, but like you say, there's just there's certain places. I'd just rather not be in their oh, shop yeah. or as little as possible. So I kind of got to try and time stuff out. And sometimes, yeah, I'm doing a little, you know, dance. While I'm out there looking at the car. Oh, so. yeah. well,
3: <laughs> <laughs> You're like,
1: why do I have to wait 10
3: minutes for this for well, funny, You say it's funny. You guys sit You say that I kind of knows this. no way to buy I'll team B with the car that's doing the parameter reset. And I'm sitting in the van with the AC because <laughs> I'm like, it's too hot. Like, no, it's too yeah. hot. Like, no, oh, yeah. I know. You got yeah, the you, truck man. is like, way I wild. kid you not, like four feet in front of me. But it's like, I'm just going to team view in and just sit here and scroll on Instagram. And then, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'll, when it says key off, okay, cool. I'll just hop down and go key <laughs> off the truck and click next. <laughs> yeah.
2: So, uh, yeah, and I've, I've done that in the wintertime here so oh, you, yeah. kyle you can relate to that is sitting in a car that's waiting for an anti-theft so it ain't running and it's 20 below out it's like okay come on so I'll get the long cable and get it going to my van yeah
1: it's always the cars that don't move yeah it's, plowed yeah, it's over there in the lot everything. in the corner yeah. oh great
2: yeah do you, uh, so i guess both of you if you're going to do a diagnostic on something uh, do you request that it's in the shop preferably i don't want it in the shop I don't want it in the shop, preferably,
3: and and I
2: I agree with you most because, of the time outside of needing. Yeah, a because or man,
3: I just yeah, I'm there. I'm I'm moving. Mm-hmm. I'm going. Like I, it's, it, I, I was I was just playing the shop, and I'm, I'm probably gonna be called out for it. But I was the guy. Like I'm working, and you come over like, what do you need? You know, I'm am a very snappy person naturally, and I don't. It's not intentional. It's just a, a reaction I have. Mm-hmm. To, uh, with age, I've caught on to it. Sure. Like, I've controlled it much better than I used to be. But <laughs> I have my moments. Uh, mm-hmm. I have my moments a lot, actually. But, yeah, so, like, it's one of those things, like, Thank I me. don't want to cross somebody wrong on the way I come off in my approach. Uh, so, yeah, I'd rather much just be alone, just leave me in the parking lot. And it's cool. Like, I don't need – the battery's half dead. It is what it is. Most of them are half dead anyways. So uh, the jumper cables on it and mm-hmm. then, you know, just leave me alone and we'll be okay. You know, if I need more time, I'll come i I'll come
1: holler at you. Like, we'll we'll get it squared away. Yeah. I've done I've done a few diags out in like thirty below. Yeah, it's just like because the shop's full of cars and they ain't got anything. And they you know, it's like my schedule, I can't come back, you know, I gotta keep a schedule. So it's like I try to come up with a plan. feel mm-hmm. okay, like I'm doing this, this, this and this and stick to it. Once you get moving, though, you know, I mean, just because I'm from Canada and I'm familiar with it, it it, it ain't so bad, but it it still sucks. Yeah,
2: it it can (laughs) depend on what you're doing and everything, but yeah, sometimes, like I go to some places, they have two bays, that's the shop, and so for them to Mm -hmm. move something out and then move three cars around in the parking lot and then push this into the shop – Yeah, I could be more proactive and request it ahead of time, but that's just – that ain't the way way that their schedule works because a lot of time I can't tell them a specific time I'm going to be there. I'm like, yeah, I'll be there in the morning or the afternoon. So, hey, we just got to make it happen uh, the way that it is. And if I need a hoist, that's – there's occasionally times where that's the case because I don't want to work on my back on the ground, but I'll definitely do something uh, outside. Um, So I got this thing off Amazon. I've only used it once. And I don't know that it really made that big a difference, but it's because it's hot here in the summer. I don't know how it gets uh, uh, where you're at, Kyle, this oh, yeah, time of year. And I'm <laughs> sure it's way hotter where you are, Don. But it's like an umbrella, yeah. but it's it unfolds into a rectangle that's the size of a windshield, right? So you go into the car, you just go like this, and it pulls out over the windshield inside the car. And so it blocks the sun coming down oh, into nice. some of these cars that are baking at a million degrees. Nice, so um, it was like thirteen bucks on
3: Amazon, and
2: I did it on one car the other day. I was like, "Well, it's still really hot in here, but at least the sun's
3: not beating on me." That's <laughs> yeah, funny because like I have my Milwaukee M eighteen fan, and it's like I go sit in the car. It's like I'm trying to program this key, and I'm like, I'm putting this fan right here. No shame. <laughs> it's hot air but hey it's some airflow because i'm dripping sweat yeah, now yeah. but it feels great
2: yeah yeah, a sweat yo, going onto your laptop yo, yeah, i, I could feel it like trickling <laughs> down
3: my back and i'm like god damn it's so hot I was like i'm charging more now
1: <laughs>
2: like, <laughs> yeah i can i can only imagine what it's like in those cars down there do you do you have any issues with your equipment um
3: <laughs> anything getting too oh hot? melting yeah (laughs) it's funny you say that because i did i was that guy um so i was still at the dealer um and i was doing mobile after hours and on the weekend and i had two shops that started me out per se um and i was doing a diagonal i was a ford f-150 at no com i ended up having to go back on saturday i went friday evening i went back saturday morning uh and I didn't have a, I didn't have the van yet and I didn't have my first mobile rig. I was working out of my personal pickup. So I had everything in a packout, right? In the Milwaukee packouts. And, uh, <laughs> uh, so yeah, Saturday morning, I load everything up from the garage, go in the truck, go do the job, do the diet. Cool. We figure it out. Uh, was in a rush to come home because the wife had made plans and I was like, yeah, 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 I'll be home before lunch. It'll be fine. I'll get showered. I'll be ready. Like overcommitted myself. Uh, so like, running late. Coming home, I'm like, oh man, my wife's gonna chew my ass out. Like, oh, so they're gonna be good? Holla, <laughs> so ass. I get home, uh, and we live on some acreage, right? I got three acres here, and uh, I just, I just parked the truck next to the house, didn't park underneath the tree. Totally forgot about my pack out in the back of the bed, right? So oh, we, no. yeah, we leave Saturday afternoon, we go do our thing. Um, we come back Saturday night. Total again, completely forgot about the pack out. We leave Sunday. Uh, we ran our errands and did stuff, and we come back, and I was telling him, "Man, it's so freaking hot out here." And we're looking at the temperature in the car; it was like one ten. Uh, oh, <laughs> yeah, and the gates opening, and I'm looking at my truck, and I'm like, "Oh shit!" I was like, "My pack out!" I was like, "No!" And I go and look, and I had a, I had two, well, I had one U scope in the uh, Warwick case, just completely melted. Like, I mean, like, <laughs> melted, dude. Like, like, it was horrible. Uh, my dongle from one of my altels got melted and ruined. Uh, oh, yeah, like, man, all my – I had some piercers uh, from AES Wave. They all yeah. – like, the super glue came undone. So, like, the little, like, push-release oh, no. things, like, popped everything out. Like, everything was just a mess in there, man. I had some scope cables. I was like, I don't even know if these are good or not. They probably are. But like the glue at the banana jacks and everything was just it was just a mess, dude. I just threw a bunch of crap away. Uh, and then I learned, I was like, well, that was like, uh, yeah. But when you don't know, you don't know. Right. And it was one of those things like that. Got got to learn that lesson the hard way sometimes. (laughs) And it was, it was, it was a very hard lesson. Um, and of course I had some, I had my amp clamps for the scopes in there. Right. I had my high, my high current and my low current, they got torched. Like they were ruined. Absolutely got. Swollen. I was going to ask, did anything survive? Uh, a couple of the scope cables I kept. Um, I don't use okay. them though; they're just like spares. I keep in my they're in my toolbox here at the house, just in case of my one in the van sure. go down or break or whatever, I'll try them out. But I just kind of condemned them. I was wondering
2: that. if there'd be a advertisement for some piece of equipment that survived <laughs> the
3: <laughs> oh the, yeah the no, Texas back oh, out yeah dude, no. <laughs> I, and it was one of the it was the top Milwaukee boxes the one with like the clear lid so you know it just like oh, magnified geez. with the sunlight yeah dude it just
1: absolutely wrecked <laughs> yeah.
3: everything in there uh, yeah it yeah sucks. it sucked but hey whatever it is what it is you live and learn and yeah just it's yep. money you know it, you replace it with more money how
2: about how about the cold kyle you lost any equipment to the 40 below temperatures
1: no. So, um, I don't have a work van yet. I'm still working out of the back of my Okay. Van, okay. Away.
2: So you unload every, at the end of every day. So,
1: yes, sir. I load it up every morning and take it back in every night. I got a rhythm, you know, it takes me five minutes.
2: I did that for a while out of a Buick and once I went to a van, never again.
1: <laughs> I know I'm looking at vans. Um, You know, a lot of the I service a few transmission shops and body shops. I'm like, if you guys ever get like Transit Connect, you know, 14 and up, Mm -hmm. give me a shout. (laughs) So, but uh, I haven't lost anything to the cold. Um, It's one thing I think about quite often. Uh, It does get hot in the car if I don't have if I shut the car off, close the windows. You know, go work in a shop. It's out in the sun. Gets hot in there. So I'm mindful of that to kind of. You think okay, what am I gonna need to go in? Uh can I park my car in the shade? You know. Uh but the winter it was all right. Just kept the heat on full blast and everything was it's good. funny. He says about shutting
3: it off, I don't even turn off my van. It stays on all day. <laughs> all day. It never turns off. Yeah. So I come home. I carry two keys with me. One stays in the ignition, the other one's in my pocket. Because I get down and lock it and it just stays running.
2: Yeah, I suppose um yeah, if you're down there in the heat, you got to keep that, that sucker going. Um, I, uh, when I was uh, at the school, I'd drive my van to school so that I would teach and I'd teach from, we start at seven thirty and we go until two o'clock. And so if I'd either pull it into the shop, if there was room, otherwise um, I'd have to go out there and start it occasionally in the really cold days. Cause it would get too cold in there for all the stuff. Um, And I kept a, I have a thermometer on my dash so I can tell what the temperature is. And same thing in the summer. Yeah, I'll try to park it in the shade or keep the AC going or whatever. Try to keep it from getting too crazy in there. But that is one thing is the the equipment lives a tough life getting dragged around and hot and cold and sweat dripped on it and dropped and all that stuff. It's definitely, uh, you try to take the best care of it you can, but you know, stuff happens.
1: What are you using for, uh, storage? Well, like before your van, I guess, are you using packets there?
2: No, it was, it was really inconvenient, just like some bags and then like, you know, the Pico I'd have in its box. And oh, so yeah. I, okay. I, it took me a good 20 minutes to load or unload. Um, and I just got so sick of that. So now, now it's in the van, I got some shelves in there. Um, I try to keep everything in its case you know just for easy kind of storage and grabbing and stuff um i have yeah. a, a bag that is just for like electrical diagnostics so I have my voltmeter, my amp clamp my test light and you know um all jumper leads all that stuff just so i can grab that if i'm doing an electrical diag and i got 90 percent of what i need um and then i have these two uh, let's see I if i can do it over my shoulder here Um, Yeah, you can't see them because they're black as the couch they're sitting on. They're like these um, zip-up cases that I use for my laptops and my scan tools. And so I have them broken down. I've got like factory ones and then I've got aftermarket stuff and I have them labeled. And so I can just grab a bag and I've got everything I need. Um, Keep my hotspot in there. it's really, really convenient. But that's, that's part of this is like figuring out how you can shave some minutes off of each trip right yeah. like you're at a shop and boy that 10 minute wait for that anti-theft sure seems like a really long time because i'm like i could be done by now um but you can <laughs> sure. shave off it. yeah you can shave off a minute here a minute there and make it quicker um by just being being efficient with how your stuff is organized and what you're grabbing
3: io terminal has been great for me in gm because i have a lot of domestics down here right so it's like, oh, hey, we put this PCM in. I'm like, hey, you have the old one? And <laughs> I was like, and they're like, oh, yeah, you do. Oh, cool. Does it talk? Let me grab that real quick. Just hop in the van and punch a couple buttons. And the next say, oh okay, here you go. Go plug it in. Bye. <laughs> Ciao. Later. Like, oh, gone in you know, 15, 20 minutes. Yep.
2: <laughs> yep.
3: Awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure.
1: No server issues. Yeah. Or- no.
2: Right. Yeah, yeah,
1: like, click the X button here. Let SPS load, and then go back to the mm-hmm. Connect button. And, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, yeah,
2: SPS crashes 20 yeah. times trying to get in. Yeah, to a nice.
1: yeah. yeah.
3: I do a lot of 6L80s, you know, weekly. I do a, a bunch, you know. So it's IO Terminal has been great for that. You know, not having to mess around with TLC and
1: trying to figure out like, is it down? Is it not? Is it just me? <laughs> like, what's going on here? Right. <laughs> Uh, I almost don't want to check the Facebook groups. I'm like, I'll find out very quick. (laughs) 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 Well, it always
2: seems to be one of them. I don't think there's a single point in time where all of the big three are working correctly. Um, It's always a Chrysler or Ford or GM issue of some sort or another. And that's, that's another thing that is a schedule killer is you don't know which one's going to be a problem. Um, you know, outside of your control, something that you can't, you have nothing to do with. And then, Ford server takes 26 minutes to download a file. And yeah, so what
1: do you I, do? I can't foresee
2: yeah. that happening.
1: It's that's like you mentioned earlier. It's best to say like, "Hey, I'll be there in the afternoon." Can't give you a time because I could be tied up, you know, on a BMW for eight hours, or you know, it's, it's yeah. You don't you can't anticipate certain things so
2: well and that's going back to like being in groups and networks and stuff like that that's where maybe hopefully you can get that ahead of time right like somebody else yeah unfortunately has to go through it um what was it i think it was like a jeep cluster i should probably know this uh, if i'm gonna put it to use but it was a jeep cluster where it was hours and hours of programming to do this one Hmm. um and so yeah, now I know if I get asked that, like, <laughs> well, just hold on a second. This ain't going to be a quick 30-minute programming event.
1: Um, so what what do you do in that situation? Because uh, I'm sure a lot of people have different opinions. You have a price for cars Chrysler programming, but it takes you three hours. You know. Yeah, I guess that would depend on the scenario. If I could leave
2: my programming equipment at the shop and just let it run, I'm not – terribly opposed to charging yeah. my what i quoted them now next time it'll be different you know like hey this takes this amount of time uh, you know i'm gonna have to charge for this much um if i'm stuck there for three hours uh i, I might you know i might try to barter with the shop owner and be like hey here's what i quoted you but here's what it took me Can we meet it in the middle somewhere on this um, and they're usually pretty cool on stuff like that as long as yeah, i mean, I mean I, i'm gonna be honest with them and usually they'll they'll help me out a little bit there
1: yeah it's just the best way i mean like you said you can't you don't know unless you've done one and you you know take your loss on it but yeah it's just part of learning
3: and let me ask you something sean what's the hardest problem you've had to do on a car right what's the one hardest programming or (laughs) diag or whatever all keys lost or one
2: (laughs) <laughs> i will I will exclude intermittent problems because that would be the easy way out of that answer <laughs> yeah, because yeah. intermittents uh, are stupid great. because I could spend hours of my life and have absolutely nothing to show for it um and so I avoid those now I just am like sorry if it's not doing it, I can't work it into my schedule um it's just that that doesn't work but so outside of that um that's a good question. I think it's been, I think it's been, a, I've had a flood car too, which has been very Ooh. challenging. Um, and then there's been a couple of them where I think I was telling you about it before we recorded the Toyota where multiple people have been in and put in multiple used modules into a vehicle. And I, and the shop doesn't know what's what, right? Th- those types of things where people have screwed up the car or multiple people have screwed up the car multiple ways um, or a flood car where, again, it's going to be multiple issues, right? There's going to be multiple things that you're fighting against. Um, that's where it gets really, really, really tough. And some people smarter than me would probably just <laughs> say no to most of those. Vehicles, it's knowing so. when <laughs> to say no. You
3: know, That's the, the part I think is hard. When do you say no? Yeah.
2: yeah right right yeah i mean you spend three hours on something and you're like man how many 6080s because i programmed in that amount of time
1: (laughs) you gotta have you gotta think of that stuff uh because it happens once and it happens again yeah Uh yeah exactly
2: well why don't we why don't we wrap it up with this? And I mean we could probably do a part 2 on this to be totally honest. But why don't we wrap it up with this since you guys are a year or so roughly into what you're doing. Do you have do you have anything that you would have done differently? Is there something specific you're like, yeah, if I could go back, I would have done this one thing differently starting out my business. What do you think that might be?
3: Mm, so I started off with a f550 right because i didn't know what i was gonna do i didn't know i was thinking the roadside service thing uh-huh. hd i didn't expect the auto programming like isaac was telling me about all this and like i see my buddy tony doing it and i'm like man i just don't i don't see it man like i just don't see how there's that much of a need for it and little did i know like right i mean <laughs> there was a big need for it um would have been to not invest now i got that f550 it's just sitting outside <laughs> right so like i gotta get rid of that thing gotcha. and like diesel okay, five dollars okay. a gallon right now so uh trying to make my money back on that yeah, be a little yeah. difficult now so
1: um. that's a good question i would like to think that i for what it's worth i felt like i had a a decent start and the only reason for that i think is because of our friend tony don I got to see like firsthand their struggle every day and what they went through, the things they bought, you know, like the whole that whole formula is like, okay, now you're you're ready for the push. What do, what do you need? How do you prepare for that? So I felt like I had a, a decent grip on that, besides like, hey, this tool is back ordered three months, you know, and I start my business tomorrow. And it's like I went you know, almost a month and a half without a cardac, <laughs> And I just had a VCM three, <laughs> <Okay. Nice. laughs> you know? So it's like, I had something, but it's like, yeah, I had bare minimum, if you could even call it that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe being a little bit more prepared in advance, but uh, I told myself I was going to leave in the spring, happened to leave like, you know, before Christmas. So um, apart from that, I definitely say if I didn't have a clientele Mm -hmm. and I'd say that that was the hardest hit for me um, because I was just a tech out in the little uh, town I live in. You know, no one, no one knew of me or the service in the big city and that's where I was going. Mm -hmm. Essentially, you know, the small town dream, if you want, um, It was, it was tough walking into shops, you know, um, like putting, putting all of you on the line in front of someone and they just say, all right, have a nice day. Yeah. And you walk out and you're like, man, am I even, am I cut out for this? Like, is this, is this really what I want to do? Yeah. It's Um, a a confidence
2: killer to get shot down.
1: Yeah. Um, and you know, if confidence wasn't your, uh, wasn't one of your attributes growing up it's even harder because you're like what do you do yeah, <laughs> you know yeah uh, it was tough you know and um being a, mm-hmm. a you know a homebody i was in a shop for many years that wasn't something i was used to doing you know so uh, it was just learning to adapt and accept mm-hmm. you know just people's opinions whether it's verbal or nonverbal about you and um it's just it it's a it's much different now now that i have you know clientele and shops that i can joke around with like text and stuff like that so confidence sure gotta, that's it
2: yep that's where it's at just gotta You got to have that uh, confidence to go, go out there and do it and, you know, know yourself well enough that like, Hey, I'm going to work hard. I'm going to make this happen. I'm going to will it into existence. Yeah, And you got to work hard and actually do it. It's fun. It's kind of scary. Um, but wouldn't, wouldn't trade it, you know, for sure. Um, well, Hey, this is awesome guys. And I think we should do, I I should, should definitely do another one. Um this is uh, cool getting to talk to you guys um i mean e- even if it's just in like 6 months or so and just see you know where you guys are at that point right you'll be a year in Kyle and um i'll be i'll be 6 months in the oh, yeah. solo and just kind of cool. check in and see where everybody's yeah. at, at that would be fun
3: right
2: on awesome well thank you for spending your time i uh i really oh. appreciate it yeah, yeah. appreciate you having
1: us man. yeah this is uh I think it's really cool what you're doing here, and uh, you know you've got a lot of yeah. unique, very uh, smart people on the podcast. It's a good community. Yep. Oh,
2: that's 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 the best part of getting people on. There <laughs> than me. It's not hard. So. <laughs>
0: okay, that's going to do it for today's episode. Another big thank you to Kyle and Don for joining me on the show this week. It was really cool getting to sit down. And talk with them about their businesses and the experiences doing what we do. Pretty cool stuff. Um, Hopefully you enjoyed that as well. And uh, hopefully we can have those guys back on again, like I mentioned, in uh, six months to a year. And kind of check up, see where everybody's at. I think that would be pretty cool. But a big thank you to you as well for listening to the show. For all the feedback I've been getting about the show. Really appreciate that. Uh, Keep that coming. And uh, if you want to be on the show, get something cool to talk about or you're passionate in this industry about something reach out to me I'll be happy to have you on all right that's gonna do it so uh, let's all get out there and start fixing the world one car at a time